This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. For you, 9:28. What a beautiful day here in New York City. Your Wednesday morning. Only been listening all morning long from the very top at 6 a.m. You know what my day was like yesterday, late in the afternoon. Danielle and I shipped off our daughter Ava back to Wales, back to Cardiff, year two of uh, a three-year plan after a tremendously successful freshman campaign in Wales. She was home for the better part of five months, long time. But that day finally came yesterday, and she left last night and landed in London at Heathrow at 3.33 a.m. local time this morning, which, by the way, is about 8.30 a.m., the five hours ahead in London. And, in fact, right now is probably having lunch somewhere in London because it's about 2.30 in the afternoon there. She's going to uh, stay in London and have dinner and then make her way back to Wales which on that fast train is about a 90-minute ride, and meet up in her new house. She stayed in uh, a building close to the campus last year. This year she's got, she's literally staying in like a big, beautiful house with five housemates. But she's in London as we speak, and so is my next guest. I love this guy. I saw him for the first time on television. I told him this many times years ago. During a, uh, it was a Trump rally. I think it was Seattle. I think it was. I'm not even positive, but I think it was. And uh, this guy comes walking out with his British accent, this Nigel Farage. He was already a big star at the time, but, you know, I don't don't know a lot of people. I was doing sports most of my career. And I'm like, who's this guy? This guy's great. And then now years later, he's become a friend of mine. He's been on this show a couple of times. And I figured, hey, talking to Suzanne, of course, I figured, hey, if um, not Suzanne, Alexandra, I'm sorry, If Ava is in London today, why not talk to somebody else in London today? So here he is, the biggest radio star in the U.K., and beloved by Americans like me all over this country, the brilliant Nigel Farage. Nigel, good morning, buddy. Good morning, New York. And i got something in common with you, because your daughter's in London, and my 18-year-old daughter is in Washington, D.C. So there you go, the pond is a very small place. <laughs> what what is the big, uh, differ- the big difference is yeah. it's sunny it's sunny in New York this morning and here in London and this will not surprise an American audience it is raining. <laughs> you know what's funny about that is, is I've been to London quite a bit now especially the last couple of years even before Ava decided to go to Wales Nigel we made a bunch of trips to London and I've never been there when the weather hasn't been nice. Isn't that weird? Well I know, but this, this is the American perception. The American perception of London is that it's always raining, <laughs> it's always foggy, it's always miserable. Because, of course, we are. I mean, let's face it, we're a, you know, we're a mid-Atlantic island, you know, but today fits the stereotype that most New Yorkers have. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we do have a uh, sunny, gorgeous day. So uh, I know my daughter is in, uh, in London on her way to college. Why is your daughter in Washington, D.C.? What is she doing here? She's got over... 
um, after her exams and before university, and uh, she's interning. She's interning um, in uh, Washington for an American politician. Um, not one, I can assure you, of left-wing persuasion. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, well, the last time I went to London, I remember I was... Um... I was staying in a hotel. What hotel was it? Oh, the Waldorf. I, I said it earlier. And uh, they, they had the BBC on TV in the, in the morning. You know, I come down with my coffee and whatever. And uh, I kept asking people, I want to put Nigel on, you know. Yeah. Uh, but I, I came to find very, very quickly that much like New York, you see, I live in a, in a neighborhood in Queens where I can't walk out of the house, Nigel, without people taking pictures and honking their horns. They love me like Trump. But here in New York City, when I walk around, they look at me like I'm the devil. And I didn't realize this, but you sort of get a lot of the same reception that I get when I ask people about you in London. Yeah, I've just had lunch. I've just finished lunch in one of the oldest pubs in London. And uh, I was sitting there. And a couple came in and sat at the next table. And they looked at me. And they asked to be moved. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's exactly what they said. They go, Nigel. Oh yeah. no! But you, know, <laughs> but you know, who cares? Who cares? Because the truth is, the truth is, in the centre of our big cities, we've got this metropolitan elite. You know, they're all well off. They're all white. They've all got these bizarre ideas about the world. Um, but, you know, once you get away from that and meet real people, the truth is we are in a majority. We just need to wake up and realize it. No, you're right about that. I totally agree. And also not just wake up and realize it, but not be afraid to say it. But I'm curious, before we get to Donald Trump and my government, which you know more about than most Americans, you know, you've had uh, quite a run there. You had about three prime ministers in three weeks and you had all those changes in parliament. And, of course, Boris uh, you know, he stepped down at some point. So what does government look like? And King Charles, of course, is not a, really a government figure. But at any rate, he was, uh, you know, he was coronated uh, last year. What does government look like in your country today? So 10 years ago, I was asked by the BBC on, on, on an interview um, where, with most of the questions, I was treated like a war criminal, obviously. <laughs> um, <and laughs> I was asked, what did I want to achieve with my UKIP revolutionary movement, a political revolution, peaceful revolutionary movement. And I said, I want to cause an earthquake in British politics. Well, do you know what? I did that. It was called Brexit, and they couldn't cope with it. And that's why we've had lots of prime ministers, lots of finance ministers. Uh, and now we finished up with this guy, Rishi Sunak, who no one's ever voted for, but hey, he's there. But in two hours' time, we are going to get one of the biggest policy statements we've seen in Britain for 30 years. Wow. He is going to do a volt fast on the whole net zero agenda. He is going to say, after 2030, for several years, we can go on buying petrol and diesel cars. He's going to say, if you live out in the rural areas, you can keep your oil tank. He's going to say, you know, you don't need to get some ludicrous heat pump Put on the side of your house that cost you a blooming fortune. <laughs> there was a big U-turn coming this afternoon. The whole Westminster consensus has been obsessed that carbon dioxide is somehow a pollutant. I mean, quite how it's a pollutant when you pump it into greenhouses to make tomatoes grow, I don't know. <laughs> um, so, so actually, we're beginning to see, we're beginning to see uh, a failing Conservative government finally 
get just a little bit more conservative. And I found out, I found out a fact yesterday that a firm called Huawei, they're a Chinese energy company, right? They produce more carbon dioxide, that one company, than the whole of the UK every single wow. year. Wow. Every single year. So we're beginning to get, you know, some signs. Um, and I, you know, I did my stuff in politics. I'm now doing it on media and social media. Um, the good thing is they're all terrified of me, as they should be. Right. Um, and, and we are beginning. But, I mean, basically, basically, we've finished up with a conservative movement that could have been run in America by Mitt Romney. You know? Yeah. That whole... Yep. That whole kind of thing you know we've not had the right and, and boris was an attractive fella you know he's he, he's uncombed hair and he's quite witty and uh he can't answer a straight question how many kids he's got so he's sort of a rogue but he's vaguely amusing but on policy he's been a disaster yeah, yeah. um i suspect we're heading next year down more of a socialist route um I think the conservative brand's been damaged, but I think America's in a very different place. Um, I think that I think that Trump, for all his difficulties, um, and my goodness me, they've made his life hard. Um, I just think, you know, and I've had a 40-year association with your great country. I worked for American companies. I've been involved with American politics and media, and I love America. Um, and, and I just think the time is right now. Uh, for Trump to become number 47. The digital dollar could give the feds control of your money. Get the digital dollar report. Call 1-800-862-6970 and also receive a $1,000 credit from Priority Gold to protect your money. Or just go to digitaldollarreport.com. Please note, the information provided does not constitute financial or investment advice. Yeah, so do I. And, and, uh, Donald and I have gotten, uh, pretty close. He was on the show two weeks ago. He's been on twice over the last three months. I know you and he, you and he are very close. He loves you. Loves you. And, and I think you're right. And there's a lot of reasons for that. But before I get to Trump, one last thing on your country. We yeah. talk a lot in the United States about China. That's our number one enemy. I know people say it's Russia. It's not. It's China. And, and part of that is, uh, this Ukraine Russia war which we know that China's watching very, very closely to see what the Ukrainians do, to see what the United States does. So that could be a proxy on that as well. In the streets of London or the U.K., where you are, Nigel, there's a lot of talk about China being the world's number one enemy. And how do you feel about the Ukraine-Russia conflict? You've got to understand that we're 3,000 miles closer to this than you are. And you go another 1,000 miles further east, and you speak to people in Estonia or Poland, I mean, they are terrified of Russia uh, because of the Soviet past and everything else. So that's an important thing to understand. Um, I cannot condone what Putin has done in any way at all. But equally, equally, the narrative that we're getting from Biden, from Trudeau, from Rishi Sunak, from the Western leaders, that we must keep arming Ukraine, arming Ukraine, arming Ukraine, and putting young men, from both sides into a meat grinder of a war that is leading to casualties we've not seen in Europe since World War I strikes me as morally wrong. And I think we need to have... Someone's got to stand up. I mean, Zelensky was at the UN yesterday saying, don't talk to the Russians. But you know something? All through history, wars end with some kind of resolution. 
So I don't support what Putin's done, but I do, unlike our leaders at the moment, support a peace negotiation. We need to talk peace. We cannot go on seeing these tens of thousands of young boys being killed every month. It's that horrible. You know, you, you brought up Donald Trump earlier and talking about Ukraine, Russia. And uh, a lot of us in this country feel this way. I know I do. A lot of us do. If Donald Trump, Nigel, would have won again in 2020 and served that second term, he thinks he did. He thinks the election was rigged. That's all the story. Um, if he was still president, you know, you know in your heart of hearts, you're a smart guy, that there's no way in a million years, million years, Putin would have gone into Ukraine just like there's no way in a million years the Chinese would even flirt with starting a war with Taiwan. So why would anybody would never, want, right, right? No, it would never have happened. It would never, ever have happened. And he and I have talked about this, you know, one-on-one, often over the course of the last couple of years. It would never have happened. The trouble is, America finished up with a president who was a complete old duffer, no idea what he was doing, no idea what he was doing. And he unilaterally withdrew withdrew 3,000 troops from Afghanistan. They weren't fighting in the front line. They were helping the Afghanistan army. He handed, he handed Afghanistan back to the very same Taliban we'd fought at great cost for 20 years. And you know what? Pro rata, on size of population, we put in every dollar and every human life that you put in, all right? We stood with you all the way in this, equally. We're smaller, but equally, we did. And Biden handed it back, and Putin thought, with Biden in charge, the West is finished. So, no, no, we can lay a huge amount of blame at Biden's door. But it's becoming clearer to me, uh, not only is he an old duffer, but he's frankly senile. (laughs) Nobody in America is telling the truth about this. Everyone's playing this with kid gloves. The Republicans won't say it because they fear that if the 25th Amendment got moved, he'd be booted out. He's their greatest asset. Uh, The Democrats are holding faith within their own tribe with Biden. But I predict that within the next couple of months, you're going to see Democrat senators and congressmen and women coming out saying Biden must go. We cannot, we cannot go on with the leader of the Western world being this total numbskull. Well, I agree with you, but believe it or not, his approval rating in a lot of these states is 50%. And again, I maintain if I walked around, uh, you know, greater London this morning, they would say he's not doing a bad job. And if he is doing a bad job, at least he's not as bad as Trump. And that's the that's the psychosis that these deranged people are living with every day. I'll ask you this. Uh, you're down on Biden. So am I. I think he's a creep. He's demented. He's corrupt. He's a lot of bad things. Uh, who is uh, less popular for Nigel Farage? Joe Biden or Meghan Markle? Oh, you've got me. You've got me. You've got me. The first question in 25 years I can't answer. <laughs> oh, it's, it's got to be Meghan because it's got to be Meghan because... You know, presidents come and presidents go, all right? But the royal family, you know, have been on our throne and heads of the Commonwealth, don't forget that, 2.2 billion people. Um, The royal family matters to the English-speaking world. And the damage that bleep, 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 bleep (laughs) woman... <laughs> but wait, but, 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 but don't you? But, it is breakfast. It is breakfast. I know, but, but but you know, for all the people that blame Meghan Markle, and she's all those things you just said. Okay, fine. 
Isn't the person more to blame, Harry? He's the prince. Well, come on. I know. I know. I mean, I know, I know about I, being pussy whipped. I, I get it. But come on, Nigel. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I get it. She's the poison. She's the poison. She put the poison in the apple. And Harry was stupid enough to eat it. All right. And that's how I put it. <laughs> Literally and figuratively. Um, and you can't blame him, by the way. She's a beautiful girl. But, I mean, is is that uh, kind of, uh, well, not over yet, but is it losing some steam or is the Megan? Oh, yes. It is. Okay. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. oh, look. You know, I mean, you know, we are bored to death with them here in the UK. Right. And my sense, and my sense is that out in L.A., even the lovers in L.A. realize there are a couple of pretty boring dudes <laughs> who've got very, very little to offer. So I, I think <laughs> the end's coming. <laughs> so if I was listening to you, what a great conversation. I think you're a genius. I really do. Um, if I was listening to you the day after Princess Diana was tragically killed, would I have heard a Nigel that said, oh, my God, what a horrible accident? Or would I have heard a Nigel that would have said, something looks fishy to me? No, I always take the view in the world, um, if you look back through history, I always take the view that cock-up is more likely than conspiracy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you, you know, and, and, and I mean, who knows? Yeah. Who knows? I mean, the driver was drunk. Uh, the, the, you know, the paparazzi were on their tail. Uh, did she, with Dodie Fayad, present a potential threat to the monarchy? Yes, she did. Um, although, you know... Whatever her stupidity is, you've got to remember this. She was 19 years old. She was put into an arranged marriage with the future King of England. That's what it was. He could never even bring himself in public to say that he loved her. Uh, he carried on a relationship with a, with, with a former girlfriend, stroke fiance. Uh, I think we need to feel, on a human level, just a little bit of sympathy for where Diana found herself. I think I do. Well, let's wrap this up with Trump, because that's where I found you. And, uh, boy, I'm happy I did. And he has a huge lead right now, as you know, Nigel, better than anybody in that Republican primary race. He's going to win that. And now the question oh, yeah. becomes, who's he going to face? You know, uh, most of the smart people I speak to don't think Biden makes it between his health issues and the fact that he's corrupt. They think he goes away. Now they're having a hard time telling me, is it going to be Gavin Newsom? Is it going to be Kamala Harris? Do they convince Michelle Obama? They don't know. What do you think the future holds for Trump, and who does he beat? Well, it can't be Kamala Harris. I mean, she's utterly useless. I mean, goodness <laughs> gracious me. I mean, I mean, Biden's better than her. And so it can't be her. Uh, I mean, that, that, that's a complete, absolute, total impossibility, I would have thought. So it can't be her. Um, I, you know, looking at the field of runners and riders, um, I, my money's on Gavin Newsom. Uh, because he's younger and he's media friendly, but he has to tell America that he's not going to turn, turn the whole of America into California with its drugs problem, its homelessness, its crime, its fading education system, its tax rates, its fleeing of people, and they're moving off to Colorado, to Texas, to Florida, to Europe, wherever they're going. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think Newsom's the best they've got. But how does he fight? How does he fight? Does he? I mean, does the whole of America want to become like Los Angeles? Uh, that's where I think this debate's going, and that's why I still think. That's why I still think Trump will 
win. So do I. So interesting that uh, you know so much about this country. I, I once kind of joked with you and said, maybe we'll switch places one week and you'll do this show <laughs> and I'll do your show. But the problem is, really outside of London and Wales, oh, actually I did work out once at an Equinox uh, by Wimbledon. Uh, I forget exactly what uh, the town that was. But I know nothing about uh, the country. And you know everything about my country. So we can't do it. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, we got Well, as I said to you, you know, I, I started work in 1982 working for a Wall Street company. Uh, I spent 20 years working for American companies. I was a transatlantic commuter on a weekly basis for over 20 years. I've spent much of my life in America. I've traveled it widely, extensively. I believe that the bond between our countries culturally, you know, whether it comes to music, art, literature, conversation, language, um, you know, we are so close. It's almost unbelievable. Agreed. The only problem we've got, the only problem we've got, is that when I come to America, as I regularly do, people talk about my British accent, and I'm really sorry. I haven't got the accent you have. <laughs> and by the way, I'm really sorry I haven't got the accent you have. <laughs> but uh, you, you are great. Hey, listen, you got to keep coming on. You're, you're really tremendous, terrific, fantastic. And when I get to London to go see Ava in November, I'm going to come by and uh, see you at the studios. Okay, pal? We, no, 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 no. You're not doing that. We're no. going out for dinner. Oh, even better. All right. It's a date, <laughs> Nigel. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. We'll talk soon. Take care. There he is. Is that guy the best or what? Nigel Farage, the absolute best.